What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Keeping track of one baby is tough. Add another baby to the mix and the situation can get really crazy. Baby monitors are great for helping twin parents keep tabs on their little ones. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which one to pick? Today we're exploring the different features available on baby monitors designed to keep your kiddos safe. This is Twin Talks. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online on-the-go support group for expecting and new parents of twins. I'm Sunny Galt, and I'm sitting in as your host for today. Have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. You can subscribe to our Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. Another great way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app. It's available in the iTunes, Android, as well as Windows Marketplace. So before we get going with today's conversation, let's introduce some of the people that we're going to be talking to today. Really, we've got myself and Brandy here is joining me in the studio as a panelist. Brandy, I'll let you go first. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your twins. Sure. My name is Brandy Wallace. I have two sets of twins. The older twins are identical boys that are just a few days shy of turning five. And the younger set are fraternal boy-girl twins that just recently turned two. Okay, and you guys know me, but I'll introduce myself as well. So I have four children, and um, my oldest is uh, four. Uh, It's a boy, and um, I have a two-year-old son, and then I have twins as well. Mine are identical girls who are about to turn one next week. Okay, it's time for a really fun segment on the show. It's called We're Expecting What? And it's our chance to share your awesome stories of how you found out you were pregnant with twins. And this comes from 
Kesha. Kesha is writing us from Alabama. And Kesha says, I was the one who would always say, I don't know what I would do if I had twins. Or I don't see how people do it with twins or more than three kids. Well, I'm 28 years old. I had my two girls first, who are now ages seven and five. When I got pregnant, I decided that I was going to have my tubes tied. I thought three was enough, and me and my husband were wishing for a little boy. When I went to my first ultrasound, I had to have a full bladder. I've been drinking water all morning, so when I got to my appointment, my bladder was full. I could no longer hold it, so they called me back to get a couple ultrasound pictures before I could empty my bladder. When I got back, the doctor and the ultrasound lady were waiting. I was thinking there must be something wrong. She asked me to lay down so she could complete the ultrasound. Then she asked what were the sex of my kids at home. I told her two girls. Then she told me, well, you're now having two boys. I started crying, and I asked her, did you say two? Two of what? We were in shock for a long time. I had a normal pregnancy, never got sick. I went into labor at 37 and a half weeks, and it was actually on my husband and I's anniversary. And yes, I got my tubes tied. No more surprises. I love this story. I think that's so great. Um, I'm so glad you got your little boy. I have a similar story where I was just hoping for a little girl. I already had two boys. It was pretty much the exact opposite of you, Kesha. And um, I got my little girls too. So two and two for both of us. How awesome is that? Um, Kesha, thanks so much for writing this in and for listening to our shows. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, we're continuing our series focused on twin baby gear essentials, and these are items that we believe can really help twin parents just kind of ease the burden, keep track of their kids a little bit easier. Uh, Today, our expert is Julie Valise. She's the consumer safety expert with Safety First. Julie, thanks so much for joining us today on Twin Talks. Oh, it's great to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So what are some of the benefits of using a baby monitor? Why would not just twin parents, but even parents in general? How does it help parents? Baby monitors really give you a little bit of that peace of mind. You put your child in the nursery, put them down for a nap, and and you do know that that's really the safest place in your home for, for your baby where you can walk away. But by having a monitor, you're able to keep track. You can either see them if you have a video monitor or hear them so that you're able to respond to their needs and know whether... Do you need to check or can you give them just a little minute or two so that they can put themselves back to sleep? So I have to ask, um, Brandy, as a mother of uh, two sets of twins now, I would imagine having a second pair of eyes, ears, whatever, to help monitor your twins would be very helpful. What's been your experience with baby monitors? Uh, They've been a lifesaver for us, actually. The almost five-year-old boys still have monitors in their room. I think they just think it's a fixture in our home that (laughs) comes automatically in every home. Right, right. Um, We have one. We don't have the monitors that pan and tilt, so we have okay. we have two one on one positioned on each bed, and then we also have the same for the cribs um, okay. for the for the smaller children as well. And you know, a, being a parent of twins, 
one of the benefits of having for us a video monitor i need extra eyes yes. <laughs> not just the ears yes. is that if i just had the ears and i heard a cry how do i know which child which is baby crying it is. and the video monitors came in handy because i would hear a cry and i would look and there's the baby crying i'd hear mm-hmm. a cry again i'd look oh wait that's a different baby <laughs> that's <laughs> right. not the same baby so then it lets you know how to parent better yeah same child having a long issue <laughs> or right. or two short issues with two different children so that's been very helpful so two cameras then on each four cameras that all report back to the same handheld monitor that's like a surveillance system it in your is. House. <laughs> i will use them until they turn 18 and move out of my home <laughs> and when they're trying to sneak in you can you know well, when they're teenagers <laughs> really well even the sneaking when they when they get older and and convert to a, a to a big kid bed. Yeah, yeah, they want to sometimes sneak out of bed. Yeah, and I can watch them and have this booming voice come from the hallway. Oh Get back God. in your bed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they don't know where how I know that, but <laughs> <laughs> mother has eyes everywhere. That's true. So they've been very helpful. <laughs> okay, so Julie, what are the basic components or parts that are involved in baby monitors, and how difficult are they to use? Baby monitors really run the gamut. So you do look at the price. You do look at how many of the cameras will you need? How big of an area are you trying to monitor at any given time? So most monitors will come with a base unit and a camera unit, and then you can add additional cameras that feed back to that base. Okay. And that's what we've done. That's what you've done. You can add like additional monitors to it. You know, I had the situation. So I had a video monitor. Um, I got it with my firstborn son. And um, we kind of used it with my second son as well. Um, once my second son came along, it really became a, a monitor for both of them. And I, I went online because I thought, well, I've got two babies now. I want to, you know, get a second video monitor. And it was one of those situations where our model, like they were no longer producing our model. And I like, oh, no. Um, but there were some different things you could do. You can go on Craigslist or whatever and try to find them. I, I never really went that far. Um, but I remember thinking, oh, it'd be really nice to be able to add on to that um, and be able to kind of have it grow with your family. And now I could totally, you know, use that in the case of my twins. Julie, let's talk uh, about the features, you know, a, a lot of different features out there now. And I kind of wanted to go through and, and talk about what parents should look for if they're considering these features. So the first point um, that I wanted to bring up is analog versus digital. What can you tell us about that? Analog versus digital is basic and then a little more technology. Analog is uh, basic radio waves. One of the things is that analog monitors will be less expensive, but think about where you live. If you're in a densely populated area, if you live in an apartment building, analog are also much more susceptible to interference where other people may be able to come across your radio wave and hear as well. Additionally, if there are other families that have analog, you may end up hearing their uh, signals also. Digital are a little more secure. They um, have more difficulty for people listening in. So that they, um, in some models, are encrypted in their signal, uh, but digital is a little, a little more difficult for anyone else to hear. Um, also, digital is a little more crisp in terms of what you will hear and, and what you may see. 
analog, there, there could be interference and static and may not give you quite as clear of a signal. Okay. Uh, Brandy, do you know what you have, analog, digital? I don't know. <laughs> I, I left that well, up to my husband. If, if you have the video, um, Julie, do they actually make analog for video or is all video digital? Do you know? Pretty much all the video is digital because um, uh, of what's needed to, to transmit a video signal. Okay. I feel like the only issue that may have come up with us, and I, I don't want to throw this out there and not have an answer for it, but I right. feel like maybe there was something with that video signal getting to our monitor may have had interference from our Wi-Fi. You know, it's, there's something we there read is about something. that. There is something about that. I recently had um, the the um, people that handle our internet, they came out to the house and we have a monitor. It's just a monitor that plugs into the wall that kind of hooks up to our baby monitor. And it was downstairs and we were complaining to the guy that we weren't getting, you know, whatever the download speed we were supposed to be getting. And uh, he looked over at the baby monitor and he's like, is that caught, you know, that could be causing interference. I'm like, honestly, we hardly ever turn that thing on. <laughs> I'd be really surprised. Um, Julie, have you heard anything about baby monitors and how it affects Wi-Fi? Well, absolutely. Um, you know, all of us are just going so wireless. So you do have to take into consideration what other wireless devices you have in your home. If you have cordless phones and radios and even the microwave oven, all of these things can cause interference in a wireless baby monitor. Uh, depending how close you are to your neighbors, even their wireless devices can cause problems and interference. And so those are things that you, you do need to take into consideration in terms of, you know, how technological is your home and how much wireless do you have going on? Yeah, absolutely. But I have a question uh, for you, Sunny. Huh. What do you think about those video, or I guess the video monitors that allow parents to look at the signal on their phone or on their computer at work oh yeah 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 yeah. the ones um and, and i definitely wanted to touch on that because there's some that hook up to apps that you can download and stuff like that um i i love the concept of it um it does and this kind of leads into the next point too but it, it does kind of worry me a little bit about security and if i can see it can other people see it and and all that kind of stuff so i love i love what it can do for parents that can't be at home or right near their babies all the time but I do have some concerns. So, um, Julie, when it comes to security, I know we talked a little bit about um, wireless and and how or digital, I guess I should say, and and how that might be a little bit more secure. Is there anything we should be looking for specifically on monitors besides it being digital that might make monitors, the images and everything we hear be a little bit more secure? The difference in digital is there are digital baby monitors, and then the higher-end ones, the ones that are really taking technology to that next step, will encrypt that signal so that it is more secure. So I think when you're looking at those digital monitors, asking questions and looking to see if any of the products end up having encryption or encoding to them, which do make them a little bit more secure in their safety. Okay. And those would probably be monitors that might be a little bit more expensive because it's got this additional feature, correct? Anytime you're adding those kind of features, there there does end up being a cost involved. Yes. Okay. 
All right. When we come back, we're going to continue to break down these features available on baby monitors, including monitors, we kind of alluded to this before, that connect to your smartphone. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. Today we're talking with Julie Valise. She's the consumer safety expert for Safety First. And we're talking about what features to look for in a baby monitor. So let's go ahead and continue with our list. So the size of the monitor. Julie, it comes in all different types of sizes, both um, the transmitter as well as a receiver. What should parents know about the size? One thing about the size that parents should really remember is that they have been built so that they can see a fairly large range of the crib or the room. One of the mistakes that sometimes parents will make is they feel because it's small, it also needs to be very close to the crib or the baby. But in fact, you do need to make sure that the placement is at a minimum three feet away from the sleeping environment. It's really recommended six feet away from the sleeping environment. Um, So there aren't any safety hazards that go along with that video part of the monitor itself. But the size doesn't necessarily mean small size, small viewing space. So taking a look at what is the range, what is the visibility, is something that parents should keep in mind. Okay. Um, Brandy, how big is your monitor? Does it feel big, small? Was that a factor in you picking a monitor? You know, when we purchased ours, and again, this was over five years ago because we started with our first set and then we're lucky enough that we still had that one on the market (laughs) (laughs) when we added to it, but it was on its way out. So um, we're hanging on to the technology right now. But (laughs) at the time, there was handheld and then there was... uh, desktop I guess I mean there oh, there yeah. was w- one that almost looked about the size of a small smart tablet okay you, you yeah, know, yeah. a small tablet yeah um but we opted for the handheld one just because I figured we're going to be all over the place and I didn't want to just have have one on my nightstand right that wasn't the only time right. I was going to want to see them and so the one we have people confuse for a cell phone all the time they think that my monitor is a cell phone because it's about the size of a deck of cards. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, And yeah. it has the little screen on there, and they, they seriously think it's a phone all the time. And I, it has a clip. I clip it on my belt so I can listen as I walk around the house without looking at it. Okay. And uh, then if I need to see what's what I'm hearing, I just push yeah. the little screen on and look at it that way. There's a feature that I saw. Uh, I have a friend that um, had a monitor that allowed you to talk to your child through. It, it kind of was the that. same size as what you're talking about. And it was genius because she would be downstairs and her son would be upstairs and, she, you know, trying to get her son to sleep. And um, she didn't want to go upstairs and say, now lay back down. So she could see it. It was very small. It had a little tiny monitor built into it. And she pushed this little button and she could say now sit down sit down lay back down you know and uh, you know to the baby you know he's just hearing his mom's voice or whatever you know the baby did exactly you know and she was just sitting at the table the whole time I'm like I want that monitor I want that house my house isn't large enough to need that I can just holler through the walls I know right (laughs) 
Okay, so um, kind of to go along with that, uh, another thing, and, and my um, monitor actually has this too, and that's sound-activated light. So when, what I mean by light is it, it kind of it shows you different levels, you know, and if, if, if it gets, if the loudness gets to a screaming, crying point, it actually turns a different color. So what's nice about this is if you are a visual person and you don't necessarily want the sound up, you can kind of visually um, see these levels and be able to tell, you know, what's going on with your child. And um, it was nice for me to be able to have that simply because, and again, maybe I have an older monitor, but um, if I turn on the monitor so I can hear the sound, I can also hear a lot of like hum or buzz or something. I don't think it's an interference thing. I just think that I have an older monitor and it it's certainly not like super quiet. <laughs> so, you know, if I didn't want to like hear that, I could kind of um, see the sound activated light. So that's another feature that, you know, I've seen on baby monitors that seems to help. That's a really great feature for families with multiples because if there is crying, sometimes when one cries, the other one starts, and so having those visuals, it ends up being able to manage situations of what the children are doing, but it also lets you take a little more relaxation when the kids do go down so that if you're watching TV or you're talking on the phone, you're able to take those visual cues instead of um, actually hearing them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I forgot that sometimes my house is crazy noisy. And even if I had it up full blast, I might not even be able to distinguish cries and screams and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's a great point. Um, Julie, when it comes to cords and things being wireless, what do we need to know? I mean, I, I know one one issue that I have with my monitor is that uh, the monitor, so it's a video monitor that goes, you know, inside the nursery. And right now I kind of have it pointed at both of my, my my twins' cribs. If I get it too close, this mistake I made with my oldest son, he would try to yank on it. He would pull it. I can't tell you how many times I had to go into his room. You know, he would pull the cord. Like, the cord would just kind of detach. Um, so he'd pull it apart. He would try to find the cord behind the crib. I mean, this kid was like a magician and trying to get this thing and, and <laughs> disconnect it. Um, so, so what advice do you have for parents out there when it comes to cords and the positioning, I guess, of their monitors? Well, the cords are a danger, and any cord, whether it's a baby monitor cord or light cords, anything in the nursery, they do need to be tended to. As I mentioned before, minimum of three feet away from any sleeping environment, but really recommendations of six feet. And as as we said, you know, the baby monitor becomes a fixture in your home. And so as your child grows, you need to keep in mind that the position of that monitor may need to change because a baby's reach one week may be further the next week as they grow. So you need to keep in mind of how your baby moves around in the crib and their access to them because they can be a a danger. Um, And that, that should be addressed on a regular basis. The other thing that I would mention about um, just the cord, a lot of people have switched over sometimes to monitors that are powered by batteries Mm -hmm. and powered by an AC adapter. And so keeping in time, looking looking for one that can be powered both by batteries and an adapter, 
um, so that when there's a power failure, you don't lose that extra set of eyes and ears. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about power outages and that affecting everything. What What do you have? Is did yours have cords? When what, what do you? It's have exactly what she was just speaking about. I have oh. the I have the AC um, adapter. I plug it in at night okay. when it's on my nightstand. Yeah, and throughout the day, it, it's battery powered, and I charge it every night. Yeah, I think um, I have one that um, has like it almost. It's not quite as small like a, a cell phone. It looks more like a kind of a bulky walkie-talkie, um, but it does have a video thing kind of built into it. Again, I think I'm dating myself. I have like an older monitor. That serves as a wireless thing. And, and I, I, yeah, I kind of have the same philosophy with my cell phone. Like if I want it to work on a regular basis, I make sure that I plug it in every night. <laughs> and then, you know, if I need it, I take it off. If not, it's pretty much sitting on the charger. And that has kind of worked for me. Um, I guess the only thing I'd be nervous of if, if it was your main camera or whatever in the room that you forget to charge it and then it kind of dies on you. But Right. And I was yeah. going to ask Julie. Are there battery-powered cameras also? Because I only have a battery-powered monitor. There may be some uh, that are completely wireless that run on batteries that then have an adapter to them. But regardless of whichever one that you choose, the batteries also uh, a good thing uh, to keep in mind is when you're changing your smoke alarm batteries, change your baby monitor batteries. It's something that's working all the time. So there needs to be those cues and that really maintenance of your monitors that just as anything else, really, so that they're always there for you when you need them most. There's, um, I know there's some monitors out there. They have some really special features and that I kind of wanted to talk about now. Um, the first one that comes to mind, and, and we're seeing this more and more, and um, Brandy alluded to it prior, and that is something that connects to an app or somehow you can view, especially for parents that, you know, maybe want to see, you know, their children throughout the day. Maybe they've got a nanny and they're at work or something like that. Um, Julie, what do you have to say about, you know, uh, monitors that are connected to apps? Is there anything parents should know with regard to that? The overall uh, really review of them is that they work. Um, They are used a lot by people that understand the technology, like to have it at their fingertips, um, and that uh, they tend to be pretty secure uh, because of the digital spectrum that they end up working on. Um, what do you think about them, Brandy? I think if I were not in the home, I would be obsessed with looking at them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you can just walk into the room, right? So <laughs> I don't know how I pr- how productive I would be in the workforce if I had the ability to watch my babies all the time. <laughs> oh, I was looking online in preparation for this episode, and I did um, kind of read some more about some other features I wanted to briefly mention that I thought sounded really cool. Um, apparently, there's monitors that can keep track of the temperature in your baby's room. I thought that was kind of interesting. And it's, it's a very important feature uh, because you do want to keep that temperature at a consistent uh, temperature. And as the seasons change, the airflow in your house changes. And so it's an important feature to have on your baby monitor. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was telling Brandy before the show started that I have this one room in my house and it happens to be the nursery that um, has a lot of windows in it. And so during the summer, it's the hottest room in the house. And during the winter, it's the coldest room in the house. And it's sometimes hard for me to gauge what that room's temperature is because it's so different from the rest of the house. So I actually think that a system like this would be really helpful um, for me to be able just to see at a glance, okay, now I know that they're, you know, they're not too cold they're not too hot or whatever. I think it would be really helpful. Another feature that I saw that I thought was really great, especially, you know, on Twin Talks, we've done um, episodes about babies coming home from the NICU and stuff like that, um, that there's different monitors that alert you if your baby hasn't moved recently, if there might be an issue with that. Julie, you've seen monitors like that as well? I have. There are monitors where you're able to put a pad under the mattress in the in the baby's room that does end up keeping track of that. Um, they they give that extra peace of mind, but one thing that there is that extra cord. And so following the directions, understanding the true use and how you're going to use that type of monitor is very, very important. So what are we talking about, Julianne? I know this this may really vary, but for parents out there that, that want to look into this more, that, that are maybe concerned a little bit about price, um, I, I know it depends on the features and stuff, but what is the general price range that we're looking at to, um, to purchase a baby monitor? It, it does run the gamut um, that analog will be uh, on the lower spectrum, um, you know, in the... 30 to maybe $50 range, you may find them a little less. But as you go up to those advanced features, we're talking somewhere between the 100, 150 uh, range, which is a good good range for a, a lot of features. If we're going feature rich, you'll probably be looking at monitors somewhere in, more upwards of 225, 250. Wow. I know when you go into the big box baby stores, they're under lock and key. (laughs) That's a good indication that you may be, it may be, I think, probably a good investment, but it might be an investment for you and your family. That's an indication that it goes on your baby registry. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yes. If it's behind the glass, add it to your baby registry. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Julie, for being with us and for chatting with us today. We really appreciate your time. For more information about our expert, as well as the panelists that are on our show, you can visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of the Twin Talks Club. After the show, Julie will share with us some of the common mistakes parents make when it comes to using baby monitors. For more information about the Twin Talks Club, you can visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Here's a question from our listener Sylvie in San Francisco. I don't understand the big deal about alcohol here in the United States. I grew up in France, and it's never been a big deal for pregnant women to have a glass of wine now and then. In fact, the doctors recommend it. So now that I'm pregnant with twins, I feel really conflicted at the few times I've had some wine. With two babies, does it make a difference? Hi, Sylvie. I'm Dr. Wade Schwendeman from the San Diego Perinatal Center. Thank you for your question. Uh, The American College of OBGYN and the American Academy of Pediatrics actually recommend against any safe alcohol use in pregnancy, meaning that there is no safe level. Different uh, governing bodies and different physicians in different parts of the world will use different bodies of evidence to make the recommendations, but those are the recommendations here in the United States. 
Unfortunately, there's no change whether it's one baby or two, and so moms with twins or moms with a singleton should avoid alcohol use during pregnancy. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies, as well as Parent Savers, your parenting resource on the go. This is Twin Talks, parenting times two. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.